Hi guys, and welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On. I hope you guys are enjoying all these crazy chats that I'm having with these insanely talented people. As much as I am, it's been so much fun to find out all their stories and their juicy gossip, and also their highs and lows and how they deal with this crazy industry. So today, I have a powerhouse up with us. She has been in musicals, she has a voice that will blow the roof off any huge arena. Her story is amazing and talking about her vocal health and her highs and her lows and she's just a dream. Get ready for this one. This is Marisha Wallace. Marisha, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you on here and uh, it's amazing to see your lovely face in this crazy time. How are you doing? How are you feeling? You know what? It's the fourth week of quarantine and I'm actually (laughs) settling in now. I feel like I was fighting it for many weeks where I was just like, no, Mm -hmm. this is not happening. I don't want to stop. You can't make me. But then once I just kind of like let go and just was like, this is the break I've been praying for. (laughs) I didn't think it was going to come this way, but this is how it is. And I'm going to have to, to make the best of it, yeah. You seem to be absolutely thriving, though. I mean, the, the things that you've been doing in lockdown, all these, like, live YouTube, the live performances, you've done, you know, loads of concerts, you did the Leave a Light On. I mean, how, how is that going? How did you suddenly get so tech-savvy? <laughs> you know, the crazy part is I've always been tech-savvy, and now I finally can really, really use it. Cause I had a YouTube channel yeah. years ago, but I didn't have time mm-hmm. to like redo it. Cause it takes so much time to edit and to film it. And mm-hmm. now I have nothing but time. So I can like do that. And now I'm, I, I have even more knowledge of editing and, and text. I've always kind of been a tech nerd. So now I'm like, wow, this is really coming into use. Cause luckily I had a ring light and a camera and a mic and this, like, there's so many like, yeah things that you have to do. And a lot of actors, I kind of want to help them, you know, figure Mm -hmm. out what equipment that they need, because I think we're going to be doing this for a little while. (laughs) So it's a whole new arena. You've been keeping everyone entertained though. I mean, you've been singing your little heart out and it's been amazing and making so many people happy. And it, it also must be a little bit strange being in this situation and, and not being, near your friends and family from home. I mean, you've been here a long time now but and built up a different community here. But being in this situation and being away from home, how is that? That's I think that's the hardest part because, like, my friends here, even though I have friends here, I can't go see them. So, <laughs> so it's yeah, like, yeah. and then I can't see my family because they're so far away. And then there was the travel mm. ban. So, like, I don't even think I could – I probably could get home, but I may not be able to get back. And we have hairspray yeah. coming. But we have been FaceTiming more than ever, me and my family. Like mm-hmm. the other night, um, we made cupcakes via FaceTime, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which was lovely. really fun. So I was like, Mom, how do I do this? And da, da, da. even though I kind of knew how to do it, I just kind of let her teach me how to do it. <laughs> uh, you were probably quite well rehearsed for lockdown, though, because, you know, I'm, I remember when I was in New York and, I mean, we it was kind of pre uh, FaceTime. We, I think I was on Skype and it was dreadful and it didn't work very well and it kept dropping out. But I remember having that contact, you know, being in a show and being super busy, but having that contact 
um, and seeing people's faces from home was amazing. And you must spend so much time on FaceTime and, 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 you know, connecting home. So you must be, you must have been quite ready for it. Yeah, I was. And then like the house party app that just came out, we can play games. Yes. So now I really feel even more connected to them than I did before because now every night my mom's like, are we going to draw tonight? Are we doing trivia tonight? Are we doing, so it's really, you know, this thing is like a double-edged sword. It's like on one hand it sucks. And then on the other hand, it's like opening us up to a new normal and getting us to look at things that we hadn't really put our time or attention into, like our families and our health and our self-care and just reading a book in the sun like I was last time I done that like yeah so yeah it's been really great actually okay let's let's talk about some more positive things and not this lockdown um so it's been a bit of a a roller coaster for you the reason I wanted to um do this podcast was to talk about um yes experiences and people's journeys and celebrate the the good things and you know the amazing things that people have achieved and talking to really successful um you know, strong people. But I also wanted to talk about the kind of interim and the highs and lows of it and the having these amazing moments and then the aftermath of it and dealing with kind of that come down. And it's 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 a privileged position that we're in if we've we've had those moments. But it was important to me to kind of share those stories and 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 discuss with other people that have may have gone through those kind of things. And for you, I mean, the last kind of four, when was it you first came over? Was it was three, Dream Girls, wasn't it? Three and when a half you, years ago now, yeah. So three and a half years. What's happened to you in three and a half years is is unbelievable. <laughs> and that must have been crazy to deal with. It was because before I got here, I have worked a lot, but not doing the things exactly the things that I want to do. I was having an amazing career, but I always felt like there was more and I always felt underestimated almost. There were, yeah, there were definitely yeah. people in my, in my circle who believed I was a star from the very beginning and was like, I'm going to do what I can to make that happen for you. But I definitely paid my dues, like worked my mm-hmm. way up. And even when my career first started, I had to get vocal surgery when I was 17 years old. Like first out the gate. Oh, you was Yeah. Wow. First out the gate, I was told I, I didn't would, realize you were that young. Yeah. Only 17 going into to university and right out the gate they tell me, you know, you might never sing again. I'm just getting started. <laughs> so how so how did that happen? Like had you had you damaged your voice from over singing? Had you not been trained? How how did that it happen? It was a combination of things. I had sang gospel music for like since I was five. And that's like hard yeah. singing. But it was only in the yes. Sunday. But I was also a cheerleader. And I think that's what really messed up my voice. The screaming. The screaming. The screaming, the screaming. will do it. The screaming that's, kills yeah. you more than the singing does. Like it does. It really kills you. So I think by time, because I cheered for like seven years, it was competitive cheerleading and it was insane. So I think that wow. definitely contributed to it. But then like, I'm kind of glad it happened when it did because I had to learn to basically speak again after the surgery. Mm-hmm. And it just also taught me that nothing was going to come easy for me. <laughs> That I was going to always yeah, yeah. have to kind of fight for it. And it, it instilled that fight in me from the very beginning. 
And I feel like that's what got me here right now. That must have been so difficult to deal with. I mean, having something that you are, you know, you're born with this passion to sing and you and ambition to to strive as you have and do the amazing jobs that you have done to, to be told so early on or to have that trouble so early on when you've had not so much experience and not been even out there to kind of put it into place or put it into practice to be that must have I mean that does that still affect you now how you deal with it? I think it still kind of or how you approach jobs yeah I think it still kind of rears its head in the fact that you're always scared you're going to lose your voice or you're always scared that you're not good enough because like I went, the way I found out was that I was auditioning for the music school and I thought I was fine and I was singing and the teachers were like, something's wrong with your voice. We can't accept you into the school. Oh, I know. And the crazy part was I was literally as I was running out like about to cry. You know how you're like holding back your tears mm. before you like get mm. out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> you're like most auditions. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, the uh, one of the professors runs behind me and was like, "Stop! Stop! Don't leave." I he's like, I don't know why, but I just feel like you have something. There's something very special about you, but I just need to figure out what's wrong with your voice. And it was because of him that I like started the journey to figuring out what was wrong with my voice through speech pathologists. I had went to a speech pathologist and went to, I did all these tests where they hooked me up to these machines and yeah. then like. And what, what to, actually was it? Was it, was it blown? What, what was it? It was, it was a cyst. It was a cyst. A cyst. Yeah. So wow. a cyst, you can't, uh, you can't, there's nothing you can do. You just have to operate. Yeah. So, Yeah. It was, it was insane. <laughs> and the fact that now I've sang Effie White for two years <laughs> after being wow. told I would never sing again. I Which think is that, one of the hugest things ever. Yeah. Master. Yeah. And I just feel like that is a testament to hard work and persistence and never letting anything stop you from like reaching your goal. Like you can do anything that you set your mind to really. That's amazing. Did you then, so after the surgery, did you then, uh, did you then train? Did you go back to college? Did you retrain in singing? Did, how did you come out of it? So after the surgery, I still, this was all during the summer before university. So you can get, you get accepted into university, but then you have to get accepted into either the school of music or into acting program or whatever. So I was still going right. to the school. So my counselor suggested that, um, I do musical theater. And at the time I didn't even know that that was like an option. <laughs> I was mm -hmm. like musical theater. Okay. I, it was not like, I wasn't one of those Broadway kids, you know, those ones are like, I'm going to be Broadway. That was not yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just want to sing. So I, because you can wait a year to audition for the musical theater program, I got a year to like rest my voice. I took a lot of, um, and in the theater program, so I was in the theater program from the start. And then the second year I started musical theater, but in the theater program, I was in a, a speech classes. I was training with an opera singer I was going to my ENT and my speech therapist once a week. 
So I had like, I was still going doing doctor's orders because everything was on campus, which was really nice. Like all yeah. the, we, we had one of the best um, vocal surgeons in the country, in my city, which was like so random because it was a small little town, but <laughs> that's where it was. <laughs> but they did a lot of research on, on the voice at my, at my university just somehow. So they kind of used me for research as well, but it helped me because I got a lot of, you know, training from it and then I auditioned for the musical theater program second year they picked 15 people and I got in wow wow yeah wow have you ever been close to or have you ever lost it since have you ever been on especially singing something like you know dream girls I mean that must have just that must have been so tough I've never lost it where it was like gone for weeks it's never been like that it'll be like I it's tired it's done for mm. the night, you know what I mean? Or done for mm-hmm. a day. Um, I will say the final night of Dream Girls, because this is my own fault, because I've learned how my voice is really strong now. And because I so strong built the muscles in my voice and I can go, 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 go for a long mm. time. I push myself to the limit sometimes. So yeah. I was doing double duty waitress and Dream Girls. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing waitress wow. during the day and dream girls at night, but I was only doing it for a week. So I was like, I can get there a week, but it's the end of a run. So like the last week is actually like the worst week. You're done. Yeah. You're yeah, like yeah. your body's like, I'm done. I've given, and I'm doing something new during the day. So the last day I remember I had a sinus infection. It was the last day we did our first oh. run of waitress and it was my final show that night. And my voice, oh. I was like, oh, my God, Lord, if you just get me through this one, I oh promise I won't ever do this to myself again. Yeah, but then so hard, isn't it? It, ended, my, it did come out. It was fine. It was actually one of the best times I ever sang it. I think because of the adrenaline and the, like, this is the end. But I remember the next day, it just, it was all the adrenaline was gone. I was just like, well, that's all I had left. <laughs> So, so then once once you came, once you got into waitress, and once you'd finished, obviously Dreamgirls, and you're opened in waitress, what happened? Because obviously the adrenaline gets you through that first moment, but then then you almost need a week off to rest your voice. And then what happened? I didn't have it. I just kept going. <laughs> I literally just kept going. It was like I think I just kept going. I, I was like, how am I still going? I think I say that mm. all the time. Like probably like once a day. How am I still going? <laughs> I'm still doing it. But I do feel like my voice was kind of like uh, really tired. Like it, I just had to work extra hard and use a lot of technique. Yeah. But then yeah. as the run went on, when we got like halfway through the run, I was like, oh, this song is really easy. Why did it feel so hard? Yeah. Well, because, yeah, because you were doing so much. It's that yeah. wowzers. That's amazing. It, I mean, I could, I could talk to you all day about voices and, and you know, tiredness and overset, all yeah. of that stuff. But, um, um, how you've come and, and it's been so different for you in London. Do you think that, do you think it was just kind of the stars aligning or do you think it was it was right place, right time? Or do you think you kind of found it? Because you're you're incredibly um, like when we've worked together, you're very uh, you're you're lovable. You know, you what mm. people want to be around you and and you're really kind of 
people know you're in the room. They know you're there. And, and it's <laughs> and it's a really good trait. And I, I wonder if, if you feel like you've planned your steps or whether it's just come to you, you know, by a phone call and it's come out of the blue. Well, I think it's a bit of all of it, really, because like I went to an open call for Book of Mormon out of nowhere. I didn't have an agent. I met Casey Nicola at one of the callbacks. And like you said, he kind of fell in love with me in the room because he was just like, you're fun and you're good. And I want you to be around me all the time, like 14 hours a day. And then I found out that's actually my superpower. I was like, to make people (laughs) feel comfortable and light and positive in a situation, Mm -hmm. especially when you're putting a show together and it's tense and crazy and everyone's (laughs) tired and you can be the source of like relief for people in a situation that became my superpower. And he was like, I want you to come everywhere, every show I do. And then that turned into five shows later in my Broadway debut. Like, it was like crazy. He's the reason I'm here because of that one open call that one day that I went to, all this happened. So I feel like it's the stars aligning, but also just being super confident in what I bring to the table. I think that's kind of been the thing that has grown over time is that I've finally starting to live in my power and stop apologizing for yeah do you think that just comes with age that comes with age it comes with experience that Mm -hmm. also just comes with not caring anymore about what people think of you because obviously what I was doing was working I was like what if I had listened to people who were trying to stop me from you know doing what I was going to do like if I had listened to that person and was like, oh, you do too much or you t- you're not really that positive or you're not really that happy all the time, blah, 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 blah. You had listened to, if I had listened to those people, I wouldn't even know you today because I yeah. would have just stopped. And I think yeah. that has been the biggest thing, just harnessing my power and really always, and just saying yes. <laughs> I just keep <laughs> saying yes and things keep happening. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. We'll be right back with Marisha in just a second. But if you are enjoying yourselves, please remember to subscribe and maybe check out some of our other episodes that you might enjoy. And you could leave us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast Store. I remember, um, I don't know if you will, but I remember I was performing at West End Live when you sang, um, and I'm telling you, um, I think I was either before you or after you. And I remember hanging about and just watching you sing and going wait that's not that's not amber <laughs> that's not amber wow who is that and and the, I'm, the response everybody went mental and then you know I kind of went away and was doing my thing whatever show I was on at the time and then suddenly you were just everywhere in London it was like suddenly you the, we all knew who you were there, there was you know everybody knew who Marisha Wallace was and do you kind of wish that that had happened in New York or are you kind of happy here would you see yourself kind of staying here for a bit would you like kind of the same thing to go on at home um Um, I feel like I I did want it to happen in New York but now that it's happened here this was the totally the right step only because in New York once they see you one way it's hard for you to change that 
And I had been doing a lot of ensemble work, featured ensemble stuff, which is great. But that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to play leads. I wanted to do principal yeah. work. And I was just on the cusp of that but right before I left. But it was, I kept getting no's. And they're like, oh, she's not quite ready yet. Or da 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 she's not ready yet. Or whatever they would say. And then I came here and I didn't have to change a thing. That was what was so cool. I was like, I don't have yeah. to to be older. I don't have to be younger. I don't have to be thinner. People just like yeah. me the way that I am. And that mm. was uh, that was the game changer, really, is because, like, man, I finally found a place where I can just be myself. And the yeah. funny part is, is now I'm working with people from Broadway now <laughs> from, from the past. Like, yeah. I remember I auditioned for waitress um mm-hmm. on broadway on broadway Keala. yeah after right i was going to replace keala all the way to the end call 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 they even gave me tickets to see the show and all the way to the end and i was like okay i think I'm, even the casting i was like you got this you're gonna get this i was gonna be my first principal on broadway i was so excited and then i didn't get it and then they i remember they called <sighs> me and said do you want to play nurse norma and understudy Becky. Oh! And I was like, oh my God. And you know what I said? I said no. Wow. And that was the best decision I ever made because I was at a point, I was like, and I wasn't even at a point in my career where I could make that kind of decision. But yeah. I was like, you know what? I was going to go up my gut. I was like, if I want to be seen as a principal, I have to see myself as a principal and stop taking those, the jobs that I don't want or doing things that I don't want to do just to please everyone else. And then I didn't take it. And then probably two, maybe three weeks later, I got dream girls. Wow. And, that's amazing. and if How, I had what, been in that you... contract, it would have been, I wouldn't be able to get out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank goodness that, that that's how it happened. Cause <laughs> Wow. How do you think you, you, because we're, this industry is so crazy and we get told no so much and we get knocked back and we get, uh, you know, refused and, and, uh, people, you know, we're reviewed the whole time. How have you dealt with that? How have you, uh, because obviously things have changed for you dramatically now but like you, you had a a good career you were, at, you were working you were jobbing and it was great but how did you deal how did you get to where you are now and deal with all that those knockbacks and the nose that I think that was the hardest part and also how I came here was very crazy because I was understudying Amber Riley well being her I actually came as a replacement then it turned into me being an alternate and then it turned and then all the people comparing us, comparing oh. how she, she sings it versus how I act it versus but versus yeah, Jennifer yeah. Holiday versus Jennifer Hudson versus, you know, that is probably one of the hardest parts of it for me because the way I do things, I don't look at how everyone else has done something. Yeah. I mm-hmm. only can be better than myself or the version of me yesterday so it's really hard especially in this industry musical theater people are so critical and our fans though they are lovely can be the most vile as well (laughs) i don't know who made them the judges of of music (laughs) but somehow they got phds in musical theater performance and we don't know what we talk about so i was like okay they must know better than me 
at mm. their mama's house. So, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it's true. Uh, it is true. It's, it's hard. true. And then once I figured out, I was like, why am I so worried about the opinions of people who couldn't even do one day of my life or one hour of what I have to do or one minute of the the craziness yeah. that goes through my head every day when I wake up, soon as I wake up in the morning and I'm like, okay, is my voice going to be there? Because there's going to be thousands of people going to be waiting for my voice by seven o'clock. Yeah. Like, that's the thing that I was like, why am I worried about those people's opinions? So I definitely have grappled with it because I'm also very used to getting a lot of positive comments, but obviously yeah. there's going to be negative comments. And you, you mm -hmm. listen to that one pop, the one negative and don't even mind about those 500 positive ones. Yes, I know. <laughs> you just harp on that one negative it's comment crazy. from that one 15 year old somewhere. <laughs> It's mental, isn't it? It's so. I think social media. It, it, it's a, it's kind of a. It's a blessing in many ways, and it, mm -hmm. but it can be quite tricky in others because. I think when I was starting out, that I I wouldn't want to be starting out now because I think you're so much more accessible. I mean, when I was in my first show, you know, you, if you if there was something to talk about, you'd be in the newspaper and that would be brilliant. But you wouldn't get the, the fallout from it. You wouldn't get people's comments on it. Whereas yeah. now everybody does and everybody has a voice and, and everybody can comment. And I think that's difficult, in, especially in, in, in our industry where we're so vulnerable. We put ourselves out there and, and it's that's, t that's hard to deal with, but it, it also is, is a tool and it's also a great way of having your say, especially for performers. It's a great way for us to, to be creative and, and, and you're brilliant at that. You, you're so good with your, your content, your, your interaction, your, does it come from, do you just go, go I'm going to just do this today or is it planned or is it, uh, do you think through what you might post or do you just, go, it's just what you're doing, how you're feeling, I'm going to sing a song. I'm, you know, it, it, it seems quite like that, but how, how is it for you? It's definitely not planned. I mean, there's definitely days <laughs> that I do have to plan stuff. Like if I know I got concerts coming up, I kind of like roll out different photos, different videos leading up to that. So some of those things are planned, but mostly like my Instagram stories, that you see me day to day is literally just what I'm doing today. But I also realized that my life is very funny in its own <laughs> way. So I'm like, if I just post what's happening, most times it's hilarious. So <laughs> yeah, 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 it's great. It's so but normal. I, use it, I love that. Yeah, yeah. You, I think that's what people really see with social media is they know when it's authentic and when it's canned and when it's fake. Yeah. So yeah. I try to let people get a real glimpse into what really goes on in our lives. And I think it would give them more compassion if they really knew how we, you know, navigate this life every day. But also I've been using it as a tool to reach my fan. Well, social media is really what got me where I am so fast here in London. Mm -hmm. I realized that people love an underdog. People love an underdog we do here. story. We do oh, here. you guys love an underdog. <laughs> it's like... And I was like, when I realized that, I was like, man, I've been an underdog all my life. They're going to love me. So I'm going to let them know. <laughs> also just want to let people know that like, you can make it too. Like I'm just, no, I'm a normal girl. I grew up on a farm. Like I didn't have the best, you know, resources and the schooling. And I went to school because of a scholarship. Thank God. 
So, you know, I just want to let people know that they can reach the same goals as I can if they work really yeah. hard. Oh, it's, it's brilliant. I love it. Um, talk to me a little bit about your, you did a, a, a concert, an online concert while we've been in lockdown called Leave a Light On. You said there was a few little technical hitches, but tell me, tell me about it. How was it? Because I did a little live and it felt, I was so nervous about suddenly not having an audience there. And then the minute people kind of started popping up on my screen, it was like, oh, okay, we're, we're back in familiar territory here. I'm okay now. You know, this is okay. Well, how was it? uh, Well, my actual concert, doing the concert was great. I do feel like this area of this is a new area that people are getting into. I've been Mm -hmm. kind of tech savvy for a while. So these companies who are producing this, they have to leave a little bit more leeway for error. So you kind of have to be planned. It's not it's different than if you just hired the building get the person there, get the band. That's how we usually do things, you know. Mm -hmm. But this kind of situation, you got to have the right equipment and the right sound and the servers have to be right. And the the person on the other end has to have the right equipment and enough space, Mm -hmm. storage and enough, it's so many things. So, but for me, when I performed it, I did a costume change, which is fun. <laughs> I love that. I love that you did a costume change. That's just so brilliant and so showbiz. I love that. So, How? I, did you just go, wait a minute, I need to change? So what I did was, because I have all these tracks, because <laughs> I use tracks when I do, when I gig sometimes, I had all these tracks. So I just took made a playoff on GarageBand and Amazing. just repeated it. So then it was like repeating the playoff while I was off stage change a quick and change was, and everyone was dancing the audience was dancing and then I quick change and I came back <laughs> but I was literally I love that two, two feet from the camera <laughs> <laughs> that would have been an Instagram post in itself yes. that would have been brilliant right <laughs> the backstage it was like right by the couch and then I also that. I added applause tracks so like after oh my god song. that's genius was that's genius. you know that's the one thing when I got to the end of a song it just felt so strange and I was clapping myself going well this is weird no I <laughs> added a plot. it's the one thing we rely on wow that's brilliant that's genius I love and then that. the people who watched it were like oh it made me like feel like I was really at a show because oh how brilliant because I, because I, but I'm a big TV person. Like I've always wanted to produce TV shows and stuff like that. And I was like, well, how would a TV show handle this? They would have tracked yeah. applause. They would have, you know, these kinds of things. So it was fun. I loved it. It was great. That's brilliant. So talking about TV, where, like, where would you see yourself in like the next, or where would you like to, if, if the world was your oyster and you could do anything, be anything in the next 10 years, what, where would you be? What would you be doing? I would be on an arena tour around yes. the world. Yes. Like Beyonce. <laughs> yes. I'd be there next to you. I'd love that. <laughs> I, with all the costume changes, all yes, the dancers, all, the all like the pyro and the smoke. Like I wanted like full out Marish Wallace all over the arena. Go <laughs> I love that. They'd be great, the lights. But then I also want, I really want to do a movie really bad. I want to be in a, a lead in like a romantic comedy or something like that. Oh, or yeah. Like a, or but even a musical comedy, something like that. Haven't you got a a, a movie pending? Have you, I, I, isn't there a, something coming up for you? Well, I, I'm up for a movie right now, but I can't say what it is. But 
coronavirus has put that on hold for now, but hopefully we'll find out in the next couple of weeks what's going to happen with it. But I have, um, I'm singing on a new movie called um, Jingle Jangle. And nice. I was supposed to play Forrest Whitaker's girlfriend, but I look too young, my freckles. <laughs> <laughs> that, so, yeah, that, you don't mind getting a job if you're too young for it. That's exactly. Okay. It's, it's so <laughs> This business is nuts. One minute you're too old, yes. next minute you're too young, yes. then you're too old, yes. and then you're like, yeah. I was like, what is happening? So I didn't get the part, but they loved me so much, they asked me to sing all the songs in the movie. Oh, and it was John Legend's music, so... And he wrote original oh. songs, which is so cool. So I that's coming out in December. And then hopefully, you know, I just got a new agent and stuff. I'm really excited to do some new, some more movies. But also I'm looking into reality TV right now as well. I'm having some meetings to do like a musical theater version of The Voice that I want to host and possibly get judges for because Very we've nice. never had that before, musical theater. No, we haven't. My goal is to try to move musical theater all the way into the mainstream because it is it is mainstream, but like it's still kind of niche, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I want it to be accessible to to other to young kids that were like me who had no idea about it, about it. Yeah. And can really reach them. And that's through television, I think. That's well, we've dabbled pretty. in it here, haven't we? We've dabbled in it here with the find a find a Nancy, find a Dorothy over the rainbow. The, uh, you know the Jesus Christ superstar with with Andrew Lloyd Webber. He has kind of done mm-hmm. a show of it, but yeah, I think you're right. I think there's definitely a gap in the market. It'd be great. Yeah, and wonderful. there's like and to have a show that like continues, like the voice that has multiple seasons. Yes. That's kind of what we want. Something that can can have multiple seasons. And I kind of want it to be more of a positive spin on reality TV, kind of like uh, Great British Bake Off, where it's more um, nurturing and, like, we take kids. We could have kids who who are the Broadway kids, but then I also want kids who are in council houses or in the projects who who just have great voices or they sing just in church and then they come on the show. And learn about musical theater, which is like oh, all that would be amazing. Other thing, and it could educate people about other shows that they, they don't know. Not ju- it's not just yeah. Wicked and Waitress and Dream Girl. Like, there's a, a whole lot of other shows that people don't know about, yeah. which they might want. Oh, to. that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so a couple of things before we let you go, because I could talk to you all day because um, <laughs> you're just amazing. Um, give me your highest. What was your highest point so far? What's been your wow. highest? That's been a lot of it can be big or small points. it can be emotional but just something that um, was the best thing for you that meant the most of, some of the best things that have happened I think it was Robert Hall uh, where I sang and I'm telling you but this just happened recently and I got a full standing ovation from 5,000 people and I remember being at the Olivier's that first year I was here and I watched Amber Riley do it and get a standing ovation. And I remember that night, that whole week for months I had been on while she was out. And I was thinking like, wow, she gets to have this moment and I'm up here in the, in the stands watching it. But then yeah. I also realized that sometimes it's not your time. Sometimes you're just there to facilitate other people's moments. And then mm-hmm. you will have your moment. And then yeah. when I had that moment singing that song, three years later, oh God, I'm going to cry because I'm like, it's 
what's for you is for you. And what is for you will never pass you. And you might think you're in a situation right now where this, that, that is all there is and that's all you'll ever have. But that's so not true. Like Mm -hmm. you just never know what's on the other side of that mountain once you cross it. Like once you get through it and if you stay humble and if you just really focus, just put your head down and do the work, you're going to look up and you'll be at the Royal Albert Hall and 5,000 people will be screaming your name. And you'll be like, what? What's happened? Yeah. 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 Oh, my gosh. Well, you've kind of already answered my my kind of last question. Um, But I'll ask it to you anyway. I was going to ask you kind of your lowest point as well. But but again, we've covered it with, with, with probably early on in your career with your voice and similar to that you know watching and waiting for your moment that's that's a tough thing to deal with that was the Um, hardest that was probably one of my lowest moments was doing all that work and not feeling like anyone cared or it or it wasn't getting recognized and watching someone else get the award for work that you were doing but I had to stop looking at it like that because it's not it's not about that it's it's you just put your do your work Don't look at other people's paper. Like, look at Mm -hmm. your test. Do your work. And then you will get the grade, but you might not get it the same time that they do. And that's okay. You can't, we can't all have a moment at the same time. It doesn't work like that. Then it's not a moment. (laughs) <laughs> that's right. That's if we're right. all having a moment at the same time, then exactly we're not having it. a moment. Like, if we're all I, having it the same time, we I, have to yeah. ha- have it at different times. And also, you can't look at your career as only a moment. Like, yeah, the absolutely. career is a marathon. Like, it's a long-going, yeah. never-ending thing. It's like, I want to look back in 50 years and be like, wow, I did that. Like, yeah. now that's the moment. Now, that I think that's the moment when I can look back 20 years from now and be like, wow, I did everything I set out to do and more. And yeah. I was happy even during the journey. So that's That's the best thing. Yeah. That's so good. Oh, oh, it gives me goosebumps. It's just lovely. (laughs) It's so nice to hear. I think because I've had similar moments and, you know, watching, watching Adina open Wicked, you know, was, it was, and I was kind of waiting and and it, it, it was tough, but then obviously what came after that and how many moments I had, you know, I can relate to that so much and it's, it's, it's nice to know that other people go through it. There's so many of us who go through it and we don't talk about it. It's definitely... No, we don't talk about it. It's because I think it's the thing that people feel like they perhaps shouldn't talk about because it's a bit kind of spoiled. It feels like spoiled child kind of syndrome. And it, it's, it's quite emotionally, it's, it's, it's quite emotionally vulnerable to talk about it. Just before I let Marisha go, I just wanted to ask her one final question. If you were to look back on your 20-year-old self and give a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give yourself, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? I would tell my 20-year-old self to be patient, to just keep doing what you're doing because it's all going to work out even better than you planned it. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to work your butt off. There are going to be days where you want to quit, but you can't quit. You can't stop. You can't. And that's what I would tell 
anybody who's starting out in the industry, it's the ones who stick around. It's the ones who fight. It's the ones who don't give up are the ones who make it truly. And it's not even about making it in the way that the world thinks you make it. It's making it for yourself and finding the career that you want to make because success looks different to everyone. Like my success has been great on a platform, but you know, even when I was on Broadway, I didn't feel as successful as I wanted to be now. So I will say that, you know, just keep going and don't stop. Just keep going. That's what I would tell my 20-year-old self. And take voice lessons and dance lessons. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All the time. And train a little bit. Yeah. And train more, even more. Yeah. (laughs) You've been so wonderful. It's such a joy to speak to you and see you. And just, uh, I wish you all the best of luck. I mean, you're just on an the upward and keep getting better and and it's just amazing to watch you so um i hope we get to sing together again soon and yes uh, a big big love you're amazing thank you so much oh thank you carrie love you girl (laughs) thank you so much for listening to my podcast today i hope you've got something from this that stays with you or helps you on your journey Please don't forget to subscribe and maybe even leave us a five-star review on the Apple Podcast Store.